On tomorrow's show, we will react to Bulls Bucks Game Five and preview Game Six. Wait, what? We will also talk with Jason Leisure because you know what tomorrow is? The NFL Draft. Now, the Bears won't be drafting anyone tomorrow unless they make some sort of trade, but we will at least get an opportunity to talk with Jason Leisure about their strategy walking into this year's draft. Spiegel and Grody are together for the rest of the week. And they're here right now on The Score. Hello, boys. What's going on, Lawrence? I like your optimism. Did you say previewing game six of the Bulls and Bucks? Did you say that? No, I didn't. I didn't. Did I? Did you? Did I? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, Wow. Are you going Spiegel optimism? (laughs) No, because Spiegel's optimism got got the the can of ass wax sent directly to the United Center. The ass wax. Yeah, what about last night? What about the Daniel Lynch win for the White Sox last night? That's a very good point. All I did was follow the statistics. It wasn't about a vibe. <laughs> yeah, you did. It was about following the numbers. The numbers said they should have tattooed that young man. All and lefties. they didn't. Right. You know, you know what's funny, Lawrence? Yesterday, uh, we were talking to Transition about the White Sox, and I just had the throwaway line about, like, don't worry about Dallas Keuchel. The White Sox defense will pick him up. And, and, and you laughed, and then we circled back around to it. I tweeted it last night at you. And I don't know, sometimes I think that everybody who's with us on Twitter is also with us on the show, and that is, of yeah. course, not true. There was a ton of people who were like, what are you talking about? The White Sox defense is not good, Matt. Um, or, there, there are people calling you the mush, and I'm like, no, no, no. No, no, no. He hey. was on it. That's what we were discussing. <laughs> Only two <laughs> errors. Only two errors, man, to be fair. Two, two errors Only and two. a misplay. Oh, oh yes. No. The it, burger misplay? Is that dude, the one you're counting? It's like that. the burger not out on the dribbler. A great third baseman goes home and maybe saves a run. A good one gets the out at first, at the very least, and the inning ends on the next ground ball for the Sox. That next ground ball was another run because there's still just one out. It's just... It's, that was so, so ugly. But we'll see what today brings. We'll probably have a little time towards the end of the show to do some White Sox postgame, and maybe Dylan Cease will uh, will be the thing that, uh, that turns He's things dealing. around a little bit. He's dealing. He's dealing for sure. You know who else was dealing? I thought Marcus Stroman yesterday was pretty good. Yeah, he was pretty good. And that that was good because he was – I was a little distressed by the first two starts because of what he said. Because of what he said as much as what he did. He had said that mechanically he felt all over the place, like every pitch was completely different. And I was like, wait a minute – uh, last time I heard a Cubs pitcher talking like that, it was Carl Edwards Jr. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you're a veteran and you're a starter and you are sm- whip smart, Marcus Stroman. You're supposed to be knowing exactly how it's supposed to feel and recreating that every time. But pitching's hard. You get out of whack. And he seemed much more in whack, if that's a thing, last night. So was it the second <laughs> quality start that the Cubs have had yeah, this season? Yeah, the Kyle Hendricks one and the 21 nothing game was the other one. You know, as, as much as we've been pounding the White Sox justifiably, the Cubs have not played particularly well lately either, no, having lost have three out of four. To pit. I mean, they scored the 21 runs yep. on Saturday. I think we've, we all sort of lived off that for 48 hours, but they've lost 
what, three and seven in their last ten games, three out of four to Pittsburgh, yes. and they lose the opener to Atlanta last year. Yeah, night. and, and um, uh, Sunday there was a bunch of situations that they should have maximized yes. oh, yeah. hitting-wise and did not. Eighth and ninth innings. <clears throat> there were David Ross lineup decisions that we didn't get a chance to get to yesterday that, I mean, Alfonso Rivas, that dude can just flat-out hit, and he comes up Saturday and just destroys everything. Then he's not in the lineup on Sunday against a righty? What are you doing? And then he pitch hits and he has a double. Right away, and it's like, well, what, what, are you, what, what are you, what are you doing? So, yeah, there's, uh, they've, they've not been playing well. But I thought last night was actually a, a pretty well played baseball game. That was a clean. I agree. That was a clean, good baseball game. It, it was a good game. It is entertaining. I mean, there was there was the Hermosillo had had the error that that yes. gave up that run. But but other than that, both teams I thought played. It, it was an entertaining, quick baseball game. Which is what I like. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, for, for sure. It moved fast. And it let me get to the fourth quarter of John Morant, which... Dude! Which I appreciated. I, I wasn't Speed. watching live when the dunk happened. I was, and I, I'm sure that my neighbors heard me yelling because I had the windows open. Yeah. Because that's something you do with a Nerf hoop. What he did <laughs> is something that we would do mm-hmm. with the overhang on the door Nerf hoop man he he cocked it all the way back my like, uh it, it, it wasn't it was all the way back and he just brought the thunder my uh my my friend bill um who actually listens now he grew up with me in jersey but Hi, like bill. like me moved out here a long long time ago and um in his garage growing up he could they convinced he and his older brother convince their dad to build a hoop, to put a hoop inside the garage so they could shoot hoops during the winter, right? But because the ceilings were what they were and the kids were so little, they put the hoop at like eight feet. So it was an an eight-foot hoop. And then we all started to grow a little bit. (laughs) Dunking on it every day. So fun. my God. It was a legit hoop that had that bend when you dunk on it. And it was at eight feet and just... I mean, I couldn't do it for a long, long time because I, I was kind of heavier than some of the other kids. But eventually I could. But just we all would just like get so athletic. And that's what that reminded me of last night. Just like when you're hanging that extra bit in the air, let me just look around for a while and then bring the hammer down. Ja is special. In a league full of special, he is one of the most special. I love the way that he the he's like... If Iverson played above the rim, <laughs> like that's what we're seeing. Like we're 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 seeing maximize Derrick Rose when we see him, and I like that he takes on the challenge of man. I'm about to bring your whole house down. Yeah, and I'm I'm going in there with bad intentions, and it's weird because he's usually the the second smallest player on the floor, and he doesn't care. Yeah, he he's just in attack mode. All the time. Now, Iverson gave him some advice. Iverson told him, he's like, look, man, the floor doesn't give. So you don't need to keep hitting the floor. He's like, you should, you're going to end up shortening your career. Mm-hmm. By the way, I am in love with Allen Iverson, like elder statesman. Oh, I'm with you, man. I, I, well, you know what? 
In the same way that um, that I, I had a while there where I was in love, frankly, with Mike Tyson, elder statesman. Yeah, until? L- like, no, I, st- I, I still <laughs> oh, I, am. I thought maybe the airplane incident <clears throat> nah, uh, nah. discouraged you. No, but it's like uh, there, there's, there's a kindred spirit there, I guess, in, in my mind, Lawrence, as you're talking about that certain type, you know, guys who like came across as knuckleheads. But and and it, you know obviously in Tyson's case he did something far worse. Um, but we're always really smart and incredibly gifted. And actually, when you look back, did get a hell of a lot out of their athletic possibilities because there was tremendous work ethic there. And then they've also matured. Remember when Mike Tyson was in the score? St- was that with you, Speaks? No, or was that you? He he was here with for Terry? One of on the, the show floor. Yeah, he came walking in, and I remember Mitch. Mitch was all excited, and he he went out. He he had him come in the the sales door at the end, and I th- I, I think it was so he could was walk it during, him through during my era of vague employment. I, I don't even know no, what that, when was this. No, what whose show was he on, Lawrence? Do you you remember this? Was it? I remember when he was here. I just remember that it was. It was definitely wasn't that long ago. I mean, yeah, relatively I would say speaking. it was probably like seven or eight years ago. Yeah, I, I do know that it was the twelfth floor. Yeah, speaks you. You would have been working here. I thought I he was know, on man. with. I thought maybe you weren't here that day. I thought he was on with McNeil. There's no actual Mike Tyson. You sure that wasn't John yes. Shaky Suntress doing Mike <laughs> no, Tyson? No, Are you positive? It wasn't John Shaky Suntress. No, Mike Tyson walking through these hallways, and everybody uh, was just like, oh, my God, that's so cool. Well, Mike certain Tyson. guys certain guys just well, have that vibe. I remember when I, – uh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Speaks. No, I, I was thinking about when um, – I'll go. When, when, um, when Ice Cube was here. When we were launching the three yeah, on three, yeah. the the three on three league, and we got a chance to talk to Ice Cube. I met Cube at at the, at a Cubs game. That's probably oh. the same same week. It I was will. Mac and Finfer. Says Jose from Deerfield, longtime listener. Jose from Deerfield. Okay, so, so you were out I guess, that day. I guess I wasn't here. It was and definitely you, Mac and Ben Finfer with Tyson. I missed Tyson. You blew it. You what the blew hell? it. Yep. You blew it. What was that? I know. You didn't even. You don't even remember no. that he was on that day. So, yeah, no, I I remember it vividly because I remember Mitch being all excited and everybody in the sales department was like, oh, my God, it's it's Mike Tyson. And everybody wanted autographs and Mike. And they talked about mental health. That's what they talked about. Here it is. A lot of. Anyway, there's a picture. There's a picture of uh, Mac and Finfer and Mitch and Mike freaking Tyson. Where was I? Not here. You decided. You were not here. You didn't want to come into work that day, Matt. Took a day off. Uh, Took a quote vacay day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Maybe with some. uh, Maybe with some happy lettuce. Maybe that's what was going on that day. (laughs) That'll Uh that'll learn you. What uh-huh. are you talking about? <laughs> See what happens? No, I'm, tr- I'm trying to figure it out. Maybe it was uh, maybe it was paternity well, leave. Actually, back then, weren't you and Dan taking every other day off? Like you guys were alternating days off, essentially. <laughs> not the way. You know what? You, you, it actually might be like uh, for the 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 birth of your beautiful son, Ruben. Like maybe Aww. that's what it was. It was a hundred percent. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Now he was born in 2012, February 2014. I don't remember. Maybe well, it was when I. It was when I did, is that when I didn't have a voice? You remember I lost happy my voice. Lettuce. You remember I lost my voice for a while, I Lawrence. Do. Yeah, like I was unable to function as a speaker or a singer, which is kind of tough for a man in my position. Yeah. So for a guy who has a job as a speaker and a singer, correct? Yeah. So I had I had a rough few weeks there where I didn't do anything. Um, so maybe it was that. I don't so know. we're gonna have Ben Finfer on today to recap the Mike Tyson interview <laughs> and taunt me. Yes, for no, missing well, Iron let, Mike. Let's go back to to, to the Iverson point. That, yes, that please. I was making before we got off on it. I just. Watching some of the, the, the 75th, 
and seeing like it was really cool to see Jordan be happy like at that celebration because he's not ordinarily and seeing him give like going up to Luca and talking yeah. to Luca and telling telling him that he's special. Iverson's been doing this for for years. Like he shows up at games and he talks to players and to see you would have never guessed that it would be him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I love that it is him that that he recognizes and appreciates how all of these dudes loved him as a player and now when they see him they seek his counsel and he's willing to give them that counsel that to me is is something that you would hope like if he he's one of my favorite players of all time Mm -hmm. so seeing him mature into this and and seeing the guys be thankful you know that that they have been kind of given that you're good by Allen Iverson can you imagine what that means like like think about like if you're Ja Morant what it means for the guy whose game you're kind of patterning after says no nah, man you're better than I am and yeah. you can be better than I am so don't do some of the stupid stuff that I did with my body and and bounce off the floor. That that to me is wild. It sounds like you're identifying with the gratitude that you might have as a young player when an old head kind of blesses you like that. Yes. And and and, and the gratitude that maybe like Iverson didn't really portray when he was playing. Like, he had that chip on his shoulder the whole time, the entire time. And obviously, he needed that shoulder chip to be as good as he was. But as you grow and that chip kind of fades away because it has to, it's got it just in order to function, maybe you find some of that gratitude. And he's he seems to be in a good place and is able then to share it and say some of the stuff he wishes somebody said to him. You know, it's 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 beautiful. Well, I I guess like, you know, Dr. J was a little bit of that for him. And and now like they have this cool relationship wherever there's anything big happening with Philly basketball, Yo. like they show up together and how great is that? Yeah. But but Jalen Brown is one of those guys too that Iverson has been like, Man, you're really good and here's how you can be better. I'd love to get to know that guy. Jalen Brown, well, both Brown and Tatum. You know, it seems like a good moment here as the Bulls are on the precipice of a gentleman's sweep to mention that I wish we had Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. They're both really good and they're both really interesting and thoughtful dudes. Dudes, it seems from afar. I kind of like the. You could have had John Morant. Too. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's the one time that the Iowa State <laughs> Murray State connection Murray. was going to work in our favor. The one time that the freaking Gar Foreman Iowa State Murray State fixation was going to work, but Ja was too damn good in the NCAA well, tournament to well, last. Remember. He was too good, and the Bulls went on some weird-ass like win streak. Some, Remember that oh, season? Oh, God, you're so right. They went on a useless, anti-tanking win streak oh, yeah. that only took them out of John Morant possibilities. You're 100% correct. They could have John Morant. Oh, Destroying gosh. our narrative. Yeah. It's, it's, instead, you remember who they got? They got Wendell Carter Jr. Yeah. He's a fine player. He's a, solid, he's a solid player that they've moved on from. And they turned that into Vooch. Like, just text, like Bobby Portis. Yeah. Yeah. The Portis one hurts. The Wendell Carter Jr., I'm not feeling the, that's fine. But move on. Somebody yeah, texted us yesterday. Should the Bulls have kept? Do they regret letting up? No. There's no regrets. Wendell Carter Jr. Wendell Carter Jr. Yeah. No, no. regrets. Bobby Portis, yes. 
but not Wendell Carter Jr. But even Bobby Portis, like, I don't know if Portis was going to mature and grow the way that he has. It, I know. It's easy know, to say now because they could use that guy. It's just. But, they 100% yeah. could use Bobby Goggles. Oh, my God, of course. Bobby Goggles. But this, this is the thing now. It's so obvious, but sometimes we still forget. It's like we used to watch guys mature in college. Now we see them mature over the first three years of their NBA careers. You know? Like, Brandon Ingram is a freaking killer. And he was not ready to be that guy early on in L.A. or even early on in New Orleans. Now he is ready to be that guy. It's a, we watch these kids mature. That's the hope for Patrick Williams, right? Like yes. As angry as we get yes. at him and how he could play a little bit, let's just say he can be shy out there. Like That's the yeah. hope. That's what everybody's hanging on to with Patrick Williams. Or I, well, I guess we have to sort of hang on to with Patrick yeah. Williams. Yeah, you know, Lawrence, I don't even know if we had a chance to talk about it. I talked about it with Gabe the other day, and Grody and I were talking about it before the show. Part of my Bulls frustration is that there should have been some kind of statement of physicality that took place at home. They were bullied in every sense by the Bucks on their own yep. court, and it was dehumanizing. It was embarrassing as a fan. It should have been embarrassing to them, and I was ready for any of it, whether it is attacking the rim when they're back and defending like Patrick Williams. Just go freaking attack. Go over the top. Even if you don't finish, get fouled. Show them that you're not afraid. You're not going to settle for like a 15-foot floater. You know, um, or or defend Grayson Allen or defend like Grayson defend Allen and, and defend I, him. Right. Right. And they, they didn't do it. They didn't do it. Tristan Thompson had a chance to do it and he didn't do it when Grayson went to the hoop. I, I've decided tonight it's too late. It, it's, it's too late now, but I will grudgingly accept a Grayson Allen ass kick by a Bulls <laughs> defender tonight. I will I will grudgingly accept that and probably enjoy it. It doesn't look good. It looks worse than. I mean, cause, like Grayson I know, cause Allen. It's too late. It's well, too late. It's too late. And Grayson Allen is eleven of his last fourteen from three. Yeah. And and it, and the, and they're all switch. They're all gorgeous swishes too. Like they yep. just pop the net. Like there's no doubt. Go out and, and you know cover why? Him. Because why? because the the Bulls are really bad at getting back to the shooter after they double and triple Giannis in the post. Yes, yes, yes. So he could are. he could show you his full form, and he does have a really H- nice shot. Hustle and get yeah. there to cover, and then when he drives inside on you. Beat the ever living crap out of him. I, I will accept that. I think Bulls fans, Bulls Nation, probably with me on being ready to accept a Grayson Allen ass kicking, even though it's too late. And he's been. I was like, asking for it yesterday. Yeah. You were okay. Hey, yeah. And Stacy King, every time he drives to the basket, that that's what insults his sense of and yours too. Clearly here, Matt insults his sensibilities that, yeah, he's going to hit some threes, whatever, but you cannot let that guy drive to the basket. Not not just because he's Grayson Allen and you want to you know lay some wood on the guy, yeah. but because nobody should be able to drive to the basket that easily except for Io Antetokounmpo. Yeah, a texture says uh, Bulls Giannis. drafted Giannis. Um, texture says Bulls drafted Kobe White in the John Morant draft. Oh, mixing up. They took Wendell Carter in the Trey Young-Luka Doncic draft. When they, when they also oh. went on a meaningless run. Vincent Goodwill oh, no. has written specifically about that year, Lawrence. <laughs> they, went on, they went on a little stupid anti-tank run and pulled away from themselves and ended up with the seven pick that year, too. And we know you were team tank. Oh, big time. Tank Always. Abbott. Yes, Tank McNamara back in the day. Whatever tank you got. Yeah. Anybody remember Tank McNamara, the, no. the comic in your sports section? Every once in a while? No? I do not. No? Okay. I like to play, but I can't. I don't know. That's all right. It's like when uh, 
when 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 Shane was doing Ben from Hometown yesterday, yeah. we wanted to play. Then I talked to Big Game, said I was going to go home and watch an episode of Hometown. No, you weren't. I watched Winning Time. I I, I, I caught up. Yeah, on, this on this, Winning Time. This last episode was a thing. I, you know, I didn't see. I think I'm in the middle of the last one. I I just finished where Jack McKinney has the bike accident. Oh, then you're not caught up. No, you, you're like you're like four episodes down. Am I that far? But far down? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. There's right. some. There was some stuff that happened on the latest uh, episode. Uh, okay. Of, yeah. of winning time. Right. You'll see. Is got, it? You'll see. I got some, work some, to do. It's on HBO some, Max. Some things come home right? to okay. roost. And the other thing is, is I I know other people have made this point. Mo cheeks. I <laughs> <laughs> mo cheeks. I I will say that the logo is very angry about how he's being portrayed. Yes, he is. But but his statement of I will take this all the way to the Supreme Court, <laughs> you know who would say that? The character that's playing <laughs> him on Winning Time. That's funny. I yes, think that he he's, I think that he's got a legit beef, mm. but I also think you know, you're starting to show why they portrayed you oh, that way. That would be the best response if you're Adam McKay to say, Jerry, thank you for that reaction. We will go ahead and incorporate that into season four of Winning Time. <laughs> <laughs> the aging the aging logo is so furious he wants to take television shows. <laughs> we'll just keep making it. <laughs> I've seen none of it. That's why I'm being quiet. Oh man, yeah, yeah. I, 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 it, it's fun. It, it's it's kinda, worth your time. It's kinda. definitely fun. The cast is unbelievable. Everybody says yes to McKay. Everybody. I mean, Tracy Letts is a Pulitzer Prize winning playwright, as well as these days a legendary actor, a Tony Award winner, and he plays this part of Jack McKinney for two and a half episodes. You know, Adrian Brody as as Pat as Pat Riley. Riley. Yeah, Jason Siegel is Paul Westhead. All these guys just like saying I, yes to Adam McKay. I think John C. Riley is going to get an award. Yeah, I think he portrayal. will too. I, I I think he probably will too. Lawrence, have a wonderful day. Thank you for uh, for the chatter. We'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, boys. I'll see you tomorrow. There Bye, Lawrence. Go. Lawrence Holmes, right there. Today is Joe West Day. Yes, the former big league umpire who started in 1976 mm. as a National League umpire. We've known him our entire baseball lives. He will be on this show at 3 o'clock. Um, Eric Edholm from Yahoo will talk Bears wide receivers and more. Is Shane is here. Tanny's here. His open kicks us off. Shane's meatloaf will be devoured during this very break by Spiegs and Grody on Parking the Spiegel here at The Score.